We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Four players with ADPs that Team Rotoviz thinks are wrong. Are we right? Or is ADP right? We're talking Garrett Wilson, T. Higgins, Derrick Henry, and Nick Chubb on Rotoviz Radio. What's up, Rotoviz? Welcome into the Rotoviz Fantasy Football Podcast. I'm Curtis Patrick, joined by Dave Caven. Man, Dave, week one is around the corner, man. It's like less than a month away. There's been a little bit of just a little bit of crisp in the air after like 7:30 p.m. here in Central Ohio. I'm getting the fever, getting the fever, man. Can't wait for football season to be here. Well, I can't either. I have been very busy, Curtis, gearing up for the season. Uh, have the auction content coming out this week. First piece got up on the oh, site yeah. today. I released an updated new version of the Range of Outcomes tool. Um, same data within it, but just did some things to make it a little bit more user-friendly as you're going back and forth between different scoring systems and also added in a really cool new visual to compare the distributions for multiple players at once. Uh, and Mm. I am going to be spending a lot of time, uh, making some tweaks to some of the other tools, getting them ready for the season between now and and as you said, it's just a couple of weeks away. So we, we are really in crunch time. I'm grinding things out. The writing team is grinding things out. And it's time for all of our listeners to start taking this information, start grinding out drafts. Heck yeah, man. I, it, on all the tools, I mean, I, I know we have a lot of people that listen that, you know, maybe maybe they're not subs yet. You want to get a look at what those tools look like, go to rotoviz.com, sign up for our premium email. Uh, you can just, it's free to do. Scroll down to the bottom of the page. Put your premium. Uh, put your email address in there. I'll be putting some screenshots and some uh, basic demonstrations in the premium email, so you can get an idea of you know what type of advantage that might give you in your upcoming fantasy draft or in your management of like a high stakes season long uh, fantasy football team. But Dave, today, man, I mean, this is the time of year where little things can change ADP. I mean, we've got Dalvin Cook signing. Uh, I, I mean, that's, that's obviously a, a pretty big one. We've got Ezekiel Elliott signing. Now these things have ripple effects and you got, you got to look at your, your rankings, you know, basically every day or at least multiple times a week to make sure that you don't miss out on opportunities and that we're not misleading 
people drafting using our ranking. So uh, I took I took a quick look at just basically my top 50 uh, before we got into the show here. And Davis highlighted some players that not just me, but potentially Team Rotoviz as a whole is really differing from, you know, ADP. And, and we're talking FFPC high stakes redraft ADP. So, you know, this, these are, you know, drafts where people are putting big money down and team Rotoviz doesn't agree with that ADP. So there's a couple of players that we're a little higher on a couple of players were a little lower on, and I'm not even sure that I necessarily agree with team Rotoviz on a couple <laughs> of these days. So this should be some lively discussion and uh, provide some content. I think throughout the course of the week, why don't we just get right into it, man, and give us our first player that we've got to debate here. All right. The first player, and just to put the context here, we're looking at the composite redraft FFPC rankings that are compiled at this point by Sean Siegel, Blair Andrews, and Curtis. And we're comparing these with the last two weeks of ADP from FFPC redraft leagues. The first player we're going to be talking about here is New York Jets wide receiver Garrett Wilson, one of my fantasy darlings who Team Rotoviz has ranked number eight overall for 2023 FFPC redraft purposes, whereas FFPC drafters in recent drafts have him coming in at 16 overall a delta there of eight uh leaving us liking wilson you know nearly uh three-fourths of a round or exactly three-fourths of a round higher than uh the drafters on ffpc yeah, and i mean that that's really kind of understating so we're talking three quarters of a round in the first two rounds yeah i mean that's a, that's a pretty stark uh disagreement i mean We've talked a lot about Garrett Wilson across all of our different shows, but if, you know, maybe you're just turning on, you know, our, our Rotoviz podcast network, you know, late in the season, you're just, just now firing up your draft engines for 2023, you know, to recap as a rookie in 2022, he finished sixth amongst all wide receivers and targets. He was 16th in receptions, uh, 13th in expected points per game, but then just finished uh, 31st in PPR per game. So left a lot on the table from an efficiency perspective. And of course, it's easy to blame that on the carousel of horrible quarterbacks uh, that he was trying to cut his teeth in the NFL um, with last year. Now he gets Aaron Rodgers and, you know, some some veterans that maybe aren't as much of a threat as even Elijah Moore would have been last year. I mean, Alan, Alan Lazard's going to be lining up across from him. You know, we've got the Jets investing a little bit in the running game. I mean, Garrett Wilson is really set up to be the apple of Aaron Rodgers' eye, just like Devontae Adams and Jordy Nelson in iterations of Rodgers' offenses, you know, of yesteryear. And, you know, when you think about the, the profile coming out of Ohio State, then you think about, you know, just some trends with offensive rookie of the year uh, at wide receiver in the past decade. You know, can you name the last two wide receivers to do that, Dave? Uh, offensive rookie of the year. Uh, did Jamar Chase manage to do it? One was in 2021. Plays in Cincinnati. <laughs> Jamar Chase. <laughs> All right. And I think the Jamar other might Chase. have been Justin Jefferson. Uh, actually, did, no. nope, did, did not win it. It was OBJ back oh, in 2014. Okay. okay. All right. So in year two, those guys both averaged over 18 PPR per game. 
uh, you know, basically between the two of them, between 18 and a half and 21 and a half PPR per game in year two, um, you know, to compare that to what Garrett, Garrett Wilson did in year one at 12.8, we're talking about like a 50% plus per game PPR jump in year two. I absolutely think that he's capable of it. I mean, he's going to have solid play. He's going to have good uh, ball placement. The Jets are going to score way more touchdowns this year. I think, you know, team target percentage is probably going to go up. He was at 25%. That was wide receiver two, kind of middling wide receiver two range. He's probably going to be up in the upper 20s this year. But I think we'll see his air yards per target potentially creep up. Uh, he was outside the top 50. We could see him inside the top 40. We know he's got the ability to put some yak on it. And if you're getting in the ball at a better spot in his route, like Rogers will compared to what Mike white, Zach Wilson, some of these guys from last year, everything about Wilson's game is going to be amplified because of the better, you know, play from behind that offensive line. And, you know, specifically where that ball is coming from. So, you know, th- the other thing is, part of Rotoviz's overarching strategy for, you know, many years has been, you know, we, we would rather be a little bit early on a breakout. I mean, Garrett Wilson is assured of having a high floor this year. And if he breaks out, he's going to outperform this ADP and he potentially has, you know, top six overall player, you know, upside, you know, we could talk about him putting up, you know, if everything goes right, he could outscore AJ Brown. You know, he could creep up on Tyreek Hill type numbers if things really go right for him. But if he doesn't, and, you know, he's maybe more in like the T. Higgins range of things, well, you you drafted a good player around early. It's not sinking your draft. Um, and so that buying these types of players that can really pop in year two, particularly at the wide receiver position, has always been something that Rotoviz has excelled at. And this is one of these players that we're talking about today where Sean, Blair, and myself are in total alignment. I'd, I'd rather be a little high on Garrett Wilson because I'm just that confident that he's going to, you know, he's going to bring home the bacon this year, Dave. Yeah. And I don't think it would come as a surprise to anyone that I find myself highly drawn to Garrett Wilson this year, especially in comparison to the ADP that we're seeing him at. I think that even if somebody doesn't view him quite as high as we do, Uh, He certainly is a player that I think is hard to not have come in before 16 um, if you're just going through and drafting a team this year. You know, one of the nice things, too, about that, Curtis, is it it enables a drafter that is going to be at the turn. Maybe they're the 11 or 12 to pair him with another exciting young wide receiver or potentially even like an older wide receiver at this point uh, like Diggs. Or, uh, you know, for the younger guys, you could get him in there with the St. Brown, a Jalen Waddle. Just pretty exciting to be able to get him uh, and another one of those guys to build your team around. Jalen Waddle, who I just mentioned, Curtis, is another player, one of my favorites. We have him ranked 14th overall in our FFPC redraft ranks. He's going at 20 overall right now in recent FFPC drafts gives a Delta there of six. And one of the other exciting things here, Curtis is that's allowing some drafters that are almost, um, you know, 
at the end of round two to still have access to a player like Jalen Waddle, who, you know, as we've said on the show already, Sean has put it out there that he thinks it's possible. You could see this be a flip year and all of a sudden Waddle is the main guy in Miami. Now that might not necessarily happen, but it speaks to the type of player that you're able to get towards the back half of round two, which is pretty exciting. Yeah, I mean, Waddle, I mean, just in a vacuum, even forgetting about Tyree Kill, he's shown us only good stuff um, through his first two years. I mean, he's he's got 247 and 263 PPR points uh, through his first two seasons. I mean, over 500 points his first two years in the league. Just absolutely just a, a ball of energy. One of the fastest players on the field anytime that he steps foot on it. He's been highly efficient. He was second in fantasy points over expectation in year two amongst all wide receivers, seventh in receiving yards, 10th in total touchdowns, uh, actually higher in air yards, maybe than you would have thought. Um, you know, Waddle has so many of these plays where after he catches the ball, he's running away from uh, players, but he's actually 16th in air yards, despite being 23rd in targets. I mean, so this is a player that actually rated as a, a, a wide receiver three in terms of air yards per target, but he's just so dynamic uh, rating wide receiver four overall and yak per reception so that's the type of player regardless of who's on the other side of the formation or lined up next to him that you're going to want to invest in now Sean's point about him potentially overtaking Tyreek Hill is well taken and if that were to happen you know you're talking about a top five overall receiver maybe with top three or even wide receiver one overall uh you know capabilities I don't really prescribe to that notion I don't think that he's going to overtake Tyreek Hill this year I would assign a 10% probability of that happening, assuming good health for everybody. But at the same time, I think that Waddle could, e even if he doesn't flip with Hill, you know, he could erode a little bit of that. And, and then that would allow him to encroach even on players like, you know, CeeDee Lamb, Devontae Adams, Stephon Diggs, in that, that kind of half-tier break after Cooper Cup, Tyreek Hill, uh, Jamar Chase, and Justin Jefferson. So I'm all about it. I mean... We didn't really have to wait for the year two breakout for Jalen Waddle because he just broke out as a rookie. So there was none of that projection. But I do think there's room for him to take a step forward just by becoming a little bit more consistent week to week, Dave. He had six wide receiver one games last season, including four games over 22 PPR and two games over 30 PPR. But Waddle also had a handful of games under 10 PPR, even under six PPR, in which he did not leave you know, early for being injured. So if we can just get him an extra one or two targets per game, whether it's converting on that target or just getting an actual extra target uh, to convert and just smoothing some of that out, if we can get, get him into this range where, you know, all of his bad games are in that nine to 10 PPR range instead of some of these five, six, seven uh, point uh, snoozers. I mean, he's going to be right there. So yeah, I, I think this is another one where, uh, part of our disagreement isn't even necessarily on the player. It's just that we would prioritize Jalen Waddle over some of the running backs sure. in the same range, which is also part of the issue, I think, that we take with where people are drafting Garrett Wilson. Sure. So we end up now, Curtis, with another wide receiver that unsurprisingly we seem to like more than drafters in FFPC redraft leagues. In recent weeks, we have T. Higgins coming in at 19 for our team. Now, you do look low to be later on him than Sean and Blair. You're actually one behind where his ADP puts him 
at 27. So our team has him at 19. Drafters have him at 27. You actually have him at 28. So I want to get a little bit of insight from you here as to why he is so low, as though my rankings aren't up on the site right now. I'm sure if I did this, uh, for me, he's coming in closer to where Blair and Sean have him uh, than where you do. Yeah, with Higgins, I mean, I guess I'm not sure what has changed that would make me bump him up. I mean, he's been he's been incredibly consistent in his three seasons. I mean, he's been uh, between 196 and 221 PPR across three seasons. Now, 2021, when Jamar Chase uh, missed significant time, yep. um, we saw T. Higgins perform better on a per game basis, which is to be expected. I mean, he had got a lot a uh, larger percentage of the pie, but you know. Really, when you look at it, you know, he's hovered in the 18% uh, to like 23, 24% team target market share range in all three of his seasons. The team probably upgraded their their tight end position with, with Irv Smith. Tyler Boyd did not leave, was not a casualty. I mean, basically the Bengals are running it back. And I mean, Jamar Chase was just so dominant um, with good health last year. I mean, if we get 17 full games from him this year, I mean, he's one of the players that you know, you would think you know, this could be a guy that would challenge a 2000 yard season type of thing. And I just, I don't, we've seen enough of this game now and we've only got the one season of Tyreek Hill and Jalen Waddle, right? We, we have three seasons of, or we have two seasons rather of um, Jamar Chase and, and T Higgins together. And I just don't, what's going to change in Cincinnati. I don't understand what feeds a projection that T Higgins could be in the Jalen Waddle area and i mean he's a he's the type of player that's going to have more of it done for him by his quarterback rather than creating on his own as well and even for a player of his size <clears throat> we still haven't seen the absolutely you know like elite touchdown scoring thing like if you wanted to make the argument you know i uh, i was at the the expo this past weekend in canton and des bryant was there right so des bryant was one of these guys that when he played he could throw up 12 15 17 touchdowns um, and I just don't see T Higgins being able to do that, even though, um, or I guess to offset the lack of just pure target volume that he would need in order to, you know, encroach upon chase or some of the guys taken in front of him. So I actually agree with ADP on T Higgins and I prefer some of the running backs that are going, uh, in some of that range. And, and I do prefer some of the other team wide receiver ones or, or team wide receiver twos from good offenses. Uh, to him. So for example, you know, I prefer Devonta Smith uh, to T Higgins. I prefer Chris Olave, who I think is going to be his team's wide receiver one to T Higgins. Um, I think that's flipped versus where Sean and Blair are, although they do have them pretty tightly uh, rated next to each other. But I think the biggest difference is, you know, I've got all those QB ones, Dave, like Patrick Mahomes, Josh Allen, Jalen Hurts, I'd rather have those guys on my roster than T Higgins. That's what's kind of feeding. I think where I've got him, it's got, that's what's feeding where the community's got him, And I think that's where Blair and Sean differ. And, uh, you know, I, I'm not sure that we'll bridge that gap between now and the beginning of the season, but I just, I'm not there on Higgins. So I, I am curious, you know, you said you, maybe you find yourself a little bit more where Blair and Sean are. Do you think, you know, he can take that next step. Can he add 20 receptions? Can he add two or 300 receiving yards and three or four or more touchdowns? Because, I mean, that's what it's going to take. That's so, what it's going to take. Yeah, so to answer that, I'm not saying that I 
think that he does, you know, in an outsized range of scenarios that play out. I will say from playing around with Cincinnati and looking at things that can happen in the team's projection, I can certainly see a scenario where Burrow does get both Chase and Higgins as wide receiver ones. Um, I would say, so last year you have Higgins coming in at PPR uh, per game wide receiver 20, which obviously if that were to play out, then the ADP on him is, is more accurate than where Sean Blair and I would have him going. That said though, I think one of the reasons that I am drawn to him is the fact that this is one of my higher leverage picks and I do not see an incredible amount of downside or really much downside at all there. And I do think that there is a little bit of upside that could be realized. Uh, and I'm pretty bullish again on Cincinnati's offense. I will say, however, though, if I were sitting here and listening to the arguments for the sides here, I do think that I'd be a little bit more compelled to be swayed by the argument that you make against Higgins because it is hard to see him in most scenarios appreciating heavily on where he is ranked um, yep. and seems more likely for him to lose stride against it. Whereas if you have him at uh, a valuation that's closer to his ADP, then there's more upside to be realized and there's probably not that much downside at that point. Of course, though, the beautiful thing here is since you have him priced correctly and we're a little bit ahead of him, it creates an opportunity to grab a player at ADP that could actually be a value from our perspective. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. So we'll, I know we need to put a we need to put a cap on this one and talk about a couple of running backs, Dave. But you know, I, I guess where I see T. Higgins is he's he's basically been exactly Terry McLaurin the last couple of years, but you just pay way more for him. And you know, I, I, well, I just well, whoa, 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 wait a second, wait a second. Look, look at him. I just look so at him. Twenty I mean, twenty. They, they've both okay. been in, they've both been very very consistent 
in that 200 to 220 point PPR range over the course of the past three seasons. And we continued to draft T Higgins way more aggressively than Terry McLaurin over that period. Now there's obviously some, something that comes with being part of the Cincinnati Bengals attack and being tied to Joe Burrow. And I think people have in their mind, some of these monster games that T Higgins has put up. Well, when you get into the game splits app and you look at T Higgins career alongside Jamar chase, I mean, you know, in the 30 games they've played together, Higgins has gotten four games without Chase. And in those games, he's averaging almost 19 PPR. And in the 26 they played together, he averages 14 PPR. That's Terry McLaurin, man. Like, and I, so I just don't understand. Like, that, that, that's, that's what's in the back of my mind. Like, yep. when they're on the field together, I, I mean, Higgins, uh, over this two-season sample, I mean, he paces for 120 targets. He paces for 80 receptions. He paces for 1,100 yards. Those are numbers that we get from a lot of different wide receivers. And when he's gotten that opportunity to play without Jamar Chase, you know, he's a 1500 yard receiver. He's a 150 target receiver. He's an eight touchdown receiver. It's a totally different thing in those four games. And so that, that's just, you know, that, that's what's holding me back. I, I don't think we need to say anything else about it. I, I guess I just, while I acknowledge the upside, which is why, you know, Higgins does go above like where Terry McLaurin is this year, for example, He's always going to get that vote of confidence being as a Cincinnati Bengal and being part of that high flying offense is going to get in these shootouts. But at the same time, you know, I, I don't, I don't feel personally comfortable pricing in this upside that we haven't really seen. Okay. Yeah. I think that's a, a good way to close that conversation on him. Um, it sounded like there was a running back though, that you wanted to get to here. Yeah, and we'll go shorter form on this because yep. these are older guys that probably a lot of uh, you know staunch Rotovis supporters are gonna be like, Curtis, you've really taken these guys at ADP. Like we agree with Sean and Blair on these for sure. Um, but it's Nick Chubb and Derrick Henry, um, and you know we're talking PPR, we're talking FFPC redraft right now. But Nick Chubb uh, right now is going at FFPC 12th overall, I think, in the data pool that you just did today. I've got him at 15 overall, so I do have him about three spots lower um, after a couple of those high-end wide receivers that I prefer at the wide receiver or at the uh, one-two turn. Sean and Blair, they've got Nick Chubb uh, in the their third rounds, uh, 29th and 36th overall, uh, uh, respectively. And I think it is important to highlight that we're talking PPR here. Um I would need to pull up their most recent underdog updates to see, but I would bet that they're higher on Nick Chubb in that half PPR format um, where he's not going to be penalized as much for the the lack of receiving work. And if you're not going to project additional receiving work for Nick Chubb, absent cream hunt, I think those rankings make a lot of sense. Um, you know, he, he's always going to be a back that's going to score a lot of touchdowns. Um, he's going to be efficient. He's going to get a lot of touches, a lot of carries, but if you think that the Browns are going to be really good and not have to pass as much, um, or if you think, you know, Deshaun Watson year two is going to lead to a different iteration of the Cleveland Browns offense where maybe Chubb is, you know, not the primary engine of the offense anymore. I think that's a very reasonable argument uh, to hold him down and essentially fade him because you are fading him. If you put him in the third round, he's got a first round ADP. So, so I, I definitely understand the arguments against Chubb and, and I'm a Browns fan. Um, I, I personally feel a little bit safer just putting him behind some of those high-end wide receiver ones that we like at that one-two turn, Dave, and all the drafts we've done together. 
And then when they're off the board, you know, when Devontae Adams is off the board, that's when I'll take Nick Chubb in a PPR league. I do think that, you know, he only needs 40 or 50 receptions to have like Josh Jacobs season from last year. Right. That, and I think that's what people are thinking and envisioning. And that's why they're drafting Nick Chubb so highly. I mean, the Browns return all five offensive line starters. Uh, Vegas projects them to have a lot of wins. There's not anybody else in the roster to really help close out those games. There's nothing standing in the way of a 300 plus carry 50 to 60 target season for Nick Chubb, but it doesn't take, you know, you know, I already made the counter arguments against that, um, that, that, you know, I'm making Sean and Blair's arguments for them, but I, I bet I made some of those points in the, in the same way that they would. So now yeah, if you're following our road of his rankings, you're not going to end up with a lot of Nick Chubb. If you like Nick Chubb, you need to uh, sort by my rankings at the <laughs> end of the first, at the end of the first uh, top of the second round there. Dave, where would you fall on Chubb before we talk about Derrick Henry to close the episode? On Chubb, I find myself much more uh, in step with you than I do with Blair and Sean. I think you basically hit all of the points that I would make pretty much on both sides, so I don't need to go too far in-depth there. Um, I think that there's a tier of running backs in there with guys like Jonathan Taylor at this point where there's a lot less questions about Nick Chubb and a lot more reason to be drawn to him, so... Uh, you yeah. know, if, on a yeah. lot of the teams where there is going to be a running back filling in a slot on my roster in that range, it's probably going to be Nick Chubb a decent amount. Okay. Okay. Well, the other guy we want to, I mean, is then, I mean, for a future show, maybe we need a segment that's just called Curtis argues with himself. <laughs> sure. <laughs> I like I, it. Uh, I went on both sides of that. Um, and, and we'll have to do it again briefly here with Derek Henry, man, the, the big dog, He's got an ADP of 19. I mean, all he's continued to do, Dave, is just smash. I mean, <laughs> he's been so good the past couple of years. It's crazy. And even when there was nothing else going for that Titans offense at times, it, it, it seems like, I mean, you could just set your clock to Derrick Henry. I mean, he's paced at over 300 PPR through uh, four seasons in a row. I mean, that 2021 season, he only played eight games. It's easy to forget. I mean, he was on true record set. He was going to make a run at 2,000 yards in 2021. He had 193 PPR in eight games. And then we lost that season. You know, that, that was really tragic. But listen, in 2022, as bad as the Titans were, all Henry did is finish first in rushing attempts, second in total running back opportunities, second in rushing yards, third in total touchdowns, four, RB4 in PPR, RB4 in points per game in PPR, sixth in expected points, and sixth in uh, fantasy points over expectation. So huge role and efficient with it. That's all he's ever done. Um, and I understand that, you know, the Titans don't have a lot of fans. I understand that Henry, I mean, he's several years past uh, where we're comfortable with running backs typically, but he's just not normal, man. I mean, he, he doesn't have normal, you know, genetic material. Derrick Henry is a, a total freak. I mean, one of the freakiest players in NFL history for sure. And, you know, he averaged 19.3 PPR game last year. Very few wide receivers are going to touch that. Very few tight ends are going to touch that even in tight end premium formats. I mean, the list is basically Kelsey and maybe Andrews, right? Um, so I, there's nothing. I am maybe sure of, I don't know if I'm I'm less sure of anything for any other player 
than I am that Derrick Henry will have, you know, over 300 touches this year. Is there any other player that you would rather bet on to get that many touches uh, than Derrick Henry? I don't think you could ask anybody that question. Touches? And I actually think the Titans. Yeah. Total touches? Or are we talking just rushing yeah. touches? No, just touches. Just touches? I mean, yeah. Um, Is there anybody you're more sure of that will, I mean, it, and it, maybe I'll even ask it a different way, Dave, how far, how far down the list would you have to go before you would name Derrick Henry's name and, you know, just not very, leading far. All, leading not very all far. running backs to take the 300 off of it. Who, who's the favorite to have the most touches amongst all RBs? I mean, well, there's me, no, there's, there, I mean, you would have to be really shady to go past like him as the fifth name, probably. All right, all right, all right. Give me, give me fifteen seconds here, Curtis. And okay, I'm, okay. And uh, I'm gonna, yeah, go ahead. Okay. Well, why, why you're thinking about that? Just to drive another point home. I mean, the Titans are probably going to be better um, this year than than they were last year. Last year, they tried to make a go of it without uh, AJ Brown and without. Um, you know, a, a true replacement for him yet. You know, they, they kind of, um, you know, they wanted to hit fast forward on Traylon Burks and, and make sure that he was, um, you know, the guy in year one, they didn't, you know, take care of their offensive line and, you know, everything went to pot and Tannehill couldn't stay healthy and the season was really awful and Henry still smashed. And, you know, now we've got healthy Ryan Tannehill we have a little bit of improvement in the offensive line. We have De- DeAndre Hopkins now to help out Traylon Burks. And we also have year two, uh, you know, uh, or we have, uh, you know, Traylon Burks coming back um, with, with a little bit more experience now and, and an actual mentor uh, to help him develop. So I just think, I mean, it's just so easy to discard a team when they have a bad season, but just look at the AFC South, man. I mean, it's, it's still just going to be, I mean, it's just going to be the, the Titans and the Jags, you know, again, um, and, and the Titans probably have, you know, a shot at being a 500 team. I don't think they're going to get scripted out of a lot of games. And, and even if they did, I mean, Henry started to see some targets. I mean, he, if, if I'm looking at his game log last year from week 10 on, um, from week 10 to week 16, rather. So we'll look at the weeks that matter for fantasy. I mean, only twice did he fail to to get three targets. And I mean, he had multiple games with four and five targets. I mean, if you're going to give Derrick Henry three plus targets a game, that's all he's going to need. Give me 20 receiving yards from him every other week. In addition to all the rushing touchdowns and rushing yardage he's going to provide. I mean, the guy had nine games with over 100 rushing yards in, in the NFL in 2022. It's unheard of. So give me your list, Dave. But those are really all the reasons that I'm still high uh, on Derrick Henry, you know, for this year, I've got him as my 19th player overall. There are times where I draft him ahead of that. I, I think he firmly belongs in the second round. Um, the, the rest of the team wrote of his has him in that third round area, really actually similar to where they've rated Nick Chubb, actually just a spot behind him in a couple cases. And, uh, th- Derrick Henry is just one where, you know, if, if you're wrong, if you're wrong on Henry, you're probably actually drafting like T Higgins right there. Like that's actually exactly the player you're taking instead. Like I don't want Derek. I don't want T Higgins instead of Derek Henry. Like that's just, 
how I'm looking at 2023. So give me your give me your list of players and try to convince me otherwise, Dave. No, I'm not sure if I actually have that strong of a list. I mean, I do think, and I, people might be surprised to hear me say this, but I think you can make a case for Saquon Barkley because of the receiving work, getting more total touches, Christian McCaffrey. Yeah, that's fair. Um, you know, maybe you do. I don't know about McCaffrey, man. To, to have more total touches. Well, yeah, we'd I have mean, to see Elijah Mitchell go down again. Well, yeah, we, we well, 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 yeah. 80. I mean, if he can get to around 90 targets, right? Um, I think that that gives him a pretty good cushion. I mean, I do think it's possible you could see McCaffrey get to 300 rushing touchdowns or not <laughs> rushing touchdowns, rushing touches. You know, Austin Eckler with a, with a tremendous amount of receiving work too could maybe yeah. match. Okay. So the point is, your point is taken. Not not below, that, below five, I wasn't necessarily sure. going to try to make a case yeah. against it. I just wanted to go and see if I actually agreed with that. I think your point is well taken. And, and the final thing I would say is I probably um, am more inclined to be going um, with Derek Henry around like you said somewhere around 19 then not doing that i think you know if there's a year that i'm going to stop betting on derrick henry it's not going to be this year It'd be more likely to be next year um i am still expecting him to be able to put together a nice fantasy campaign this year um and you know hopefully we can see some exciting things fantasy wise from that tennessee offense this year yeah, I, I I think that we will. And I mean, I think the cool thing with Henry is that you know, he's continued to be an efficient player. You know, if we had seen anything drop off um, like we did with Zeke last year, you know, we wouldn't be having this conversation. But, you know, Henry just still continued to be excellent. So, you know, we just don't have the same types of, of warning signs there. So, you know, hopefully everyone thought, you know, uh, this debate was helpful. You know, these are really four key players in the first couple of rounds of fantasy drafts. So we want to make sure that you're right on. And even if you don't agree with where Dave or I landed on these players, the, the exercise of scrutinizing your approach to the first couple of rounds of fantasy drafts is very important as we enter the last month of the season. Because who you draft in those first couple of rounds, uh, it impacts everything that happens, you know, afterward. And even in a, a reverse engineering exercise, you know, we've talked about that on here before, Sean and Ben and calm have talked about that on their pods uh, before where you think about, well, who do I want to be taken in the final rounds and how does that impact who I want to take at the beginning? Uh, camp goes on all of a sudden, fewer of these sleepers at the end of drafts feel like players that are actually going to materialize into anything. Yep. So you really do want to feel good about those elite players at the top. So yeah. What, what do you think about Jalen Waddle? You know, what do you guys think? about Derrick Henry, about Nick Chubb, and, you know, about Garrett Wilson. You know, if you have something else to say, you can at me on Twitter at, I guess on X, at CPatrickNFL or at Dave Caben, uh, FF. At, is it Dave Caben FF? It is. Uh, you know what? Honestly, I use stuff. Twitter so infrequently right now. I got to go look it up. Just at me. Just at me or email the site. I'm inclined to <laughs> what we said. I'm inclined to say okay, yeah. it is at Dave Cabin yeah. FF. There we go. Nice job, Curtis. Yeah. All right. Yeah. I think we're good to uh hit the outro button. All right, we'll go with yes. Thank you for listening to the Rotoviz Fantasy Football Show. Send us questions at rvffshow at gmail.com. Follow us on Twitter at DaveCabinFF and at CPatrickNFL. Leave us a voicemail at 978-615-9214 and make sure to rate, review, and subscribe.